Welcome to Into the West, a Middle Earth SVG podcast. We are back again with another tier list. Today's tier list will be the evil men profiles. So we have with us a guest, Rainier Lee, the master of evil men armies. Welcome back. My, always my catchphrase in unexpected podcasts is, I like evil men, and they always freak me for it because I just sound like a weirdo. A real bloody weirdo. Before we get started, there are just so many different evil men factions. Uh, which one would you say is your favorite? So it's my, I guess, goal to play and win with each evil men's faction. I've won with Harad, Corsairs, Khand, Easterlings, and uh, Mahud, and most recently last year, I won an event in Lancaster with Dunland. So the only army that's not on my list is the Ruffians. And I think they won't be on my list for a long time because that's way too expensive. But that that said, I feel like at my current, not career, but I guess hobby life, I'm going more towards painting and I'm going more towards a visual play style on the board. For that reason, I enjoy playing con the most. They're just stunning to look at. I also lived in South Korea for the last two and a half years. I'm also part Asian and they look hella Asian. So I like that kind of like dynamic into Tolkien's world. So yeah, I'd say Khan and their play style is just really unique. You know, like you brought up in the advanced armies episode, we definitely need to see a conversion with uh, Tom Cruise on a chariot. That would be sick. (laughs) And then go go up against Gondor and they need to change their bolt action, their bolt uh, thrower into a Gatling gun. Give it a special rule, like instead of two D6s, you can roll 20 D6s. <laughs> so thematic. It's like it's very thematic. I just wanted to take a second to thank all our patrons. We really appreciate your support. It allows us to spend a lot more time creating content for this channel. You can check out our Patreon and all the perks associated in the description below. So I want to give a quick shout out to all the hobbyists who submitted photos for this episode. Please go check out their work and support them. Uh, if they have an Instagram handle, it'll be in the text in the photo and also in the video description. The first profile is the Black Numenorian Marshal. So what do we all think of this one from the Mordor list? Fight five lanced up here that can march is nice. There's a lot of stuff in Mordor that can outshadow him. He kind of just gets left on the wayside. Fortitude him up, baby. <laughs> I totally agree with Ian. Like, that's exactly what I was going to say. He's a fortitude, but there's just way too much in the mortar list to, like, ever make him a valor. And he's too good. Fight five with a lens, like you said. Like, he can't be a minor. I think that's a good starting point. I mean, we can always adjust that. But, yeah, I like him in fortitude. I think he's on the better end of the unnamed heroes. Just make sure never to take the two-handed weapon option. Pay five points for a two-handed weapon. This is the ranking for two-handed weapon. <laughs> Next, we have the Mouth of Sauron. What do you all think of this one? This is this is one of my go-to boys. Maybe it's because he is the staple of the Yellow Alliance. And yes, I'm going to preach again about it. If you're going to build a convenient alliance with Mordor, he's, he's the guy to do it. He has March, he has Fight 5, two attacks, and he can throw the cheeky transfix. So... I know this might be surprising, but I might push for like a lower end legend, but I would understand like a valor as well, but nothing lower. That's a, that's might be a bit of a tough sell. I think he should go in valor. I don't know where in valor, but definitely in valor. <laughs> I think he should go in valor. I don't see him being justified in legend because I feel like he really succeeds at low points. High points, he kind of gets mixed in with like, okay, he's there, he's a little cheeky, but it's not like too much. So I would put him in like a mid-tier to, yeah, probably a mid, a mid-valor. But like everything you said, Richard, I agree with. He's got fight five, he can go into combat pretty well. He transfix stuff, especially at low points when you have a, your opponent have models with just one will. So Valor's pretty good. I think if he had three might it would push him to legend but right now i think he's the best alliance option for mordor to get in the cheap hero valor so he's he's still really good okay the easterling dragon emperor now we we've done a full episode on this one 
So go check it out. <laughs> is there a tier above Legend? Because this sucker is good. I can't <laughs> even see it. I'm trying, but yeah. Can't and I, I agree with you. I think, like, yeah, if it, y'all should, anybody watching this, go watch that episode because it goes into detail with why he's a legend. Some would even say broken, but <laughs> we'll leave that up to another debate. Okay, next we have the Golden King of Harad, and he is a lookalike to the Easterling Dragon Emperor, but what do we think of this one? The OG man on the confusing base size. I don't know, I think maybe Fortitude, like, he's all right, but he's super hard to use well, so, like, I don't want to put him too high. I... I think he's a minor. Uh, we struggle to give him a fortitude when we talked about him on this Sulanan episode. I think being a banner is nice, but he is just so overcosted for support hero. And with at being at fight four without heroic strike, he can't really use him in combat that well either. Yeah, I, I would thought him there because yeah. it's just he doesn't have a role at all, to be honest, with like with like a grad list. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm just really disappointed. And each each FAQ that comes out, you're like, oh, they're going to tweak him so he's playable, and they kneecap him even more. So, yeah, you can't so, even spear support him he's anymore. A ne- next FAQ, he'll be independent. <laughs> yeah, I forgot he was only fight four. All right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Fine so down he, there. he can't even, like, kill battle lines or do anything. You throw him up against some, like, Dol Amroth, and they kill him, and you're like, okay. Well, the hell can it get any worse? And then when you want to do, like, a cheesy combo with him with, like, catapults and stuff, it's just, like, it's so hit and miss. And you're investing so much, so. But, I, I mean, it's fun. Next, we have Amder, Lord of Blades. I would put him in a Valor and a High Valor. Now, I know he's kind of soft in the sense, but I say this because with, with one fate, but I say this if you have him in your list and you have other heavy hitters, and he's not your leader. Because he is, I would say, like the, the best anti-Fell Beast model. He has Fight 6, Elven Blade, Blood and Glory, free heroic strikes if someone strikes against him. He's just pretty pretty darn good. Um, again, he's going to be overshadowed by the new heroes we'll probably talk about for Easterlings, but I'm a, I'm a huge fan of him. Higher or lower than Malthusar? Because I do agree with the valor rating lower because of the dragon emperor now nah he's still Anders still great for his points man he's one of the best hero assassins in the game but yeah i don't know i i don't know i really like mouth of sauron too it's, I, it's difficult you know because he's like what twice almost twice the not twice maybe 50 more points in mouth of sauron but he does in my opinion 60 more percent than Math of Sauron. So I would just barely edge him over the Math of Sauron. Next we have Rutabi, General of the Dragon Legion. She's good. Master of Battle. Is that on a 3 plus? Yeah. Would you say she's uh, great outside the Legion? Because we know that she's good uh, combined in the Legion with the extra reroll and then with the Dragon Emperor support. Is she worth her points outside? I would say she is because we were talking in the last episode about Cav, mm-hmm. and I think if you ally in Khan, for example, her rule benefits Khan, which doesn't have that much might on their heroes, because she can get free, basically free heroic moves off, and she's really good for like that grind. So, I think she's even good outside of the Legion. Of course, the Legion is the Legion, but I'd say a lower tier of Valor because I think the Master Battle is a little bit limited because she's on foot. But, you know, she's really good in combat, so can do a lot of things. I agree. All right. Brogreer? Put him probably around the same place as Rutabi, I, I think. I The only thing is, um, I think in low points, I, I've seen a lot of people, um, when they have to take a second hero in the Legion, aside from the Dragon Emperor, a lot of people tend to lean towards uh, Brogreer rather than Rutabi in like a four to 500 range. And I do kind of agree with that because it kind of gives you something a little bit different. Rutabi kind of goes into the phalanx, which the Dragon Emperor is kind of doing the same thing. So she's a bit of a repetition, even though that's kind of a good thing. 
Uh, Brogria, I think, adds a little bit different, something a little different to the Easterling Legendary Legion. Yeah, I agree with that. So maybe behind Amder. You guys are good with that. I would say Amder. I'm still. I just the Mouth of Sauron is really good though. I don't know. I, I put it behind Mouth of Sauron. I think. Yeah, yeah. I think that's why I do. Yeah. Lightly in front of Rutabi, but like they both fulfill a similar rule. I think like her in the Easterlings list is what makes her better than Rutabi because she just adds that crazy factor. Mm-hmm. Next we have the Dragon Knight. Lowish fortitude. Like it's like I think other things are gonna pip in ahead of it in fortitude, but I still think I'd probably put him in fortitude. I don't know about you guys. What do you think? Yeah, in in the Legion he's good because he gets you more free black dragons. But I think outside the Legion, then you're kind of like, oh, there's probably better heroes now. Yeah, I think I think most anything in fortitude is gonna pass him, but I don't think he's quite as justified to be in the same category as as the Golden King. So. Yeah, it, he's still got the three attacks and fight five, which is really solid. It's just yeah, yeah. The, the other heroic stats that let him down, really. Okay, we have the Easterling Captain. Uh, yeah. Low, like, low fortitude? He doesn't get the fight value buff from the Dragon Emperor, and in most Easterling lists, you're going to take the drum, so you don't really need the march. Yeah, I'm thinking about that, and I agree with you. I think because of that, he might actually be a high minor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah. like you don't really need the march, like you said. You have the drum. You don't need him for the might points because now you have Rotabi. I mean, hell, Brogear brings two might. I mean, the only thing he's good for is if you want to have a defense seven model that's cheap to max out more models. I guess I don't know. I just see in the Dutch meta like a lot of Dutch are like swearing by him, but I agree more with you guys. If he'd be like a high winner, I think. Well, he he has a a small place now in mm. the legendary legion because he can bring like a two-handed piercing strike weapon backed up by fight five so he can actually do some damage that way but there's other stuff in the list that can do damage better and more consistently so he can also be a mounted option as well if you're playing outside the legion you know if you want a mounted hero with amder but then there's always dragon knight as well so uh i'm okay with a high minor yeah, I think um, we're going to get some hate from the Australians, too, because <laughs> I, I believe some of them have put them quite high on the list. But I agree with this. I'm OK with it. <laughs> but next, we have the War Priest. You know, when when the Brogear profile came out, I was comparing these two and I just the War Priest just looks so like underwhelming now comparatively. Yeah, I agree with you. So like maybe a minor in that sense, because we're comparing it to the Easterling list, and it's... I don't yeah. see why you would yeah. take him over Bro- Brogear or Rutabi. Yeah, that's the thing. You don't really... Most Easterling builds, you're not going to take two casters. So, yeah, I think you're just going to want one of the other heroes that can hit harder anyway. Yeah, he's slightly cheaper, but then, like, do you really need an armored horse? That's, like, what he has on Brogear, right? That Brogear doesn't have. Okay, next we have uh, Dalamir, Fleetmaster of Umbar. Last time Rainier was on here, we talked about him, and uh, we we rated him pretty highly. Now, personally, I still think he's up there. What do you guys think? I think he'd be a low legend to a high Valor. Just the idea that he's yeah. something like 90 points, but he can lead 18 guys who are all, like, under-costed. I'd put him at a low legend, but... I think so. Yeah. He's, he's got enough going for him that it, it makes up for the down... Like, his downsides because of the cost. Like you said, like, it's... It's a nice, it's a very nice profile. Yeah, and we, we talk about like killable uh, leaders. He's not that killable because he has quite a lot of fate and an Elven. Well, stock and scene. A Delgamar, Gatemaster of Umbar. It, personally, I think this model is a little bit hard to use. He's only three my hero in in this list. A little bit pricey, I would say. I would say he's a fortitude. He's a hit or miss. Like I'd, I brought him to a tournament, and about half the games he did his job, and the other half he he didn't pull his weight, and he felt like a waste of points. Yeah, I think Fortitude's pretty good. I mean, he is a hero of so he can, he can also help you hoard out a little bit with the Corsairs, which is what you want. I don't know, does he go above the Dragon Knight and the Marshal? I would say he, yeah, yeah, goes above both of them, because he does add that, like you said, he in the 15 models in his Warband, and you're right, he still gets three three attacks, three might, which for the list is pretty good, like I'd say a high, highish Fortitude. 
Yeah, and I guess in like an 800 point match, like you probably do end up taking him most of the time if you're going to go pure Corsairs. Maybe if you're not Rainier. <laughs> we know oh, Rainier. More captains for Rainier. Now I I can I can be like uh what is the word? I, y'all can change my mind because that I I played them when he just came out. I would most likely, and I know in the past I was always like Huskarls suck. Why would you bring Huskarls in a Dunlin list? And I brought like eight, and I was like, oh, I need more. So like maybe my mind would be changed in an 800 point list. Okay, so next one we know Rainier's answer then. Legend. No, he's <laughs> Fortitude, baby. Above Dragon Emperor. <laughs> <laughs> he's the top one. Everyone's going to be all tilted. The Corsair Captain is a good profile. You know, he's a really cheap, you know, fight five. You can give him a crossbow. You can give him a shield. Really decent fighter. I could see why Rainier likes to take more than one of them. I wouldn't discount the two-handed weapon either, you know, because all, he also gets backstabbers when he's pure. So plus two to wound. And he's going to be rolling four dice because the model's going to be trapped. That's that's kind of nasty. I think I'd still probably put him in fortitude, probably just behind Delcomar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm kind of like debating. I would put him in above Delcomar just because he's the one that actually brings the march to the list that's really needed. So it's like crossbow, march to the list, two might where you can discourse a hero or you can wound a hero. You can like go into Aelmir, make Aelmir strike, throwing weapons. And on top of that, he's something like 30 more points less than Dalgamore. That's yeah. the I put him above him. He's like 25 points less and has one less might. So if you think about it, the Corsair Captain is just as good amount of might for the points. So, yeah, I agree with that. Uh, next, we have the Corsair Bozen. Peter Jackson himself. I mean, I <laughs> I love Pete. And like I think, obviously, he's a must-take if you're taking Reavers. But... I think I agree with Rainier that Reavers are not necessity in the list. You could definitely build a strong Corsair list without it. So maybe low fortitude for me. Yeah. I I'd mean, place in the same place. I, the I the so. banner effect is still good. I mean, if you don't want to take a Black Numenorian with a banner, which costs almost, almost the same as a Bosun, I think. It's just the it's just the one might, I think, too. It's, it's kind yeah. of. Yeah, one might fight I for. Mean, he's only fight for, yeah. I, I think he's fine at bottom of Fortitude because, I don't know, unless you're going the route with the Reavers, you're probably just going to ally Suladan anyway because it's yeah. actually a banner and it's a bigger banner effect anyway. So, yeah, he's got his place, but only in a specific build. Yeah. yeah. Next we have Thryden Wolfsbane from Dunland. The OG Dunland. I have, like... I don't think I've ever actually played with this model. I've played against it a fair amount of times, and I love the profile. So I'm going to advocate for him being like somewhere up there in Valor. Probably not. I don't know. Maybe around the middle. Mm, nah. No. Uh, I just love the damage potential from I'm, him. I'm with Ian too. I put him mid Valor because uh-huh. you need him for the Legion. And the Legion, you get six-inch banners. The Legion, you get Death to the Forgoyle, where he's basically screams death, and like everyone gets plus one to wound. So, and they all hate Rohan, plus one for Rohan. So My, I would put him there in a sense because he is—he's not going to be like an Aragorn or killing a lot of stuff, but he'll still kill troops. He'll still like throw him into hero and hero strike. With My argument is that if you're taking like an Isengard like mixed list, you're probably taking Gorolf. And like maybe some other like Urukai heroes ahead of him. Like you don't really see him like getting mixed in. And I feel like if he's that good, you would probably take him to like lead Urukai. I well, I'm surprised more people don't honestly. I think more people should be. <laughs> you still got the 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 fight five on the charge that he's mounted right, and that's like a rare thing in Isengard. In any case, he's not too threatening looking, but he can be a real threat. If used right, because he gets uh, what plus he gets double wounds if he gets it off. He has mighty blow, and he has a sword and a two-handed axe. So even if he does the wounds with the sword, it's still gonna double wounds. Mm-hmm. It's not attached to a weapon. It's just any weapon he uses. So I, I don't know if I put him above any of the valor heroes we have up there right now, but I think by the end of it, he's probably gonna be somewhere in the middle. All right, Charles, yeah. um, you be the tiebreaker. Okay. He's great in the Legion. Outside the Legion, you know, he's too expensive as 
and squishy for a fortitude hero. I could still see him as a good assassin. I think top of fortitude. Oh man, this is uh this is tough. Okay, I guess because Rainier, I'll say, actually plays the list on Lin, we'll give him the edge here. But <laughs> he was like, I don't want to offend the person who we invited. That's what I've been fortitude. He'll he'll I, never I, come I, back I again. <laughs> I, I I like him there in a sense because even if he was in fortitude, I would put him in front of the captain. But in valor, I would put him like behind Ritabi. So, but if you guys want to put him in fortitude, like I'm, I'm, I'm totally okay with that. Maybe we can reevaluate once we get other things up there. Okay. Once we see Grima Worm Tongue and Valor. <laughs> yeah, next we have Gorolf Iron Skin. Do we think he is a better hero of Dunlin than uh, Thryden? Because he, he is slightly cheaper. You know, a foot hero also hits pretty hard. I, they're kind of in the same spot for me, honestly. See, I'm, I'm going I'm not just saying this to, to be on Ian's side but I agree with Ian because the problem with him is you can't put him on a horse and I think that's what makes Thryden so threatening is he can play that role like the mouth of Sauron who's up in Valor but like even worse against heroes so I'd put him I would compromise if you guys want him above above Thryden but I'd say he's in about the same league okay I'll I'll, I'll put yeah. him on Thryden yeah and I don't usually vote for foot heroes, but I just think the heroic defense, he's kind of like the elf helm type of hero where you throw into like an Aragorn over and over again. So I don't really care if he's on a horse or not. And then you just like piercing strike. And then if if the enemy leader like flops a roll, then, you know, you're doing some damage. So I, I really like him, but I'm OK with the compromise. So the next one, the Oathmaker. I think he's great just being a might battery. You know, three might for under 50 points is great. I don't know if he has that big of a role when there are other options for fearless. You know, if you're going to already take Huskarls in, in the Legion, do you really need that many wild men in order to justify him? And then in a normal Isengard list, you also have options to for courage. I mean, wild men are so cheap, though. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I like him for just that might battery also. So you, in a, in a sense, you yeah. can be calling your heroic combats with Gorolf and your heroic combats with Thryden, but you're really going to be calling your heroic moves with the Oathmaker, and he has three might for that. And then also to the, like, five points for a model that you can throw Axon for free and, and be fearless, I would say that puts him at, like, a low fortitude, Based off my opinion, because I used him at an event in the States last, I think it was November, I would put him in front of the bosun for sure. Yeah, I, I think so for basically the reasons you guys said. Like, in a lot of Dunlinding lists, you're going to want to run, like, him and a warband of the Wildman because it boosts your numbers up so much for so cheap. And they can still bring in, like, you know, the two-handed axes if you need somebody to do damage. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I think they fill a, a role pretty well I agree. I would actually put him maybe a little bit higher, maybe like behind Dalgamar. I think he is a good pick in in, in certain points and certain lists, and definitely in the Legion. I don't think it's bad to take him in the Legion. I'd agree with that. Next we have Frida Tallspear. So I think she's a pretty solid profile. The only issue is she's like five points less than Gorolf, and then when you compare the two, you always seems like a, most players want to pick Gorolf as the second one. And so Frida gets left out. Yeah, unless you're doing an 800-point to 1,000-point list with the Legion. Uh, I'd agree with you. I would put her, like, near the top end of Fortitude. Yeah. I, she's would still got the fight five. Her, above or uh, below the Wildman Oathmaker? It depends on your build, right? It's yeah. weird because I think she has the better profile, but like Charles said, she's a bit redundant to Gorolf. So if you go Gorolf and then you want a third one and maybe you want to spam out a bit more, maybe you go Oathmaker first. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah I, I, I like that. She brings the profile, but the Oathmaker brings the units that, that buff up the army. I will say that she is a good pick for um, Isengard uh, pure as well because you don't have many defensive heroes. Well, the canceling the cavalry bonus is really good for Isengard because they, they struggle against big, you know, fight five, fight six mounted heroes. Yeah. Okay. Going to the bottom here. 
generic Dunland chieftain. He's got two will. That's weird. <laughs> He's the only heroic march in the Legion, and uh, with with a defense five army in the army of Dunland, you, you want a, a way to close in, right? And that's when you take him. Yeah. So I, I think he he plays a role. Yeah, he's still, you know, got the strength five base, and he can take the two and a weapon. So it's another thing that can do damage. I yeah, yeah I think that's that's a fine placement for him because he still is only fight four though. Yeah, it's the march that Brink puts him up there. The only only model that can march. All right. My worm tongue. <laughs> I, Maybe he's good. He's good. He's, I mean, the downside is you have to take him with Saruman, right? But yeah, and then you know you're spending what two two hundred points on that combo, basically. He, he's kind of a must, and real well, he's a must in the Isengard if you bring Saruman for sure. But he's, I don't know, he's kind of interesting. But so we a, a legend hero that like just kills stuff or does amazing things and does all this thing, and it's like. Grima up there, it seems wrong. <laughs> it does, but like think there's a lot of objective scenarios, right? And being able to put a model on an objective that your opponent can't kill, yeah. they can't do anything about it. Like they can charge him and, and like occupy him, but they can't really get rid of him unless you have a wizard. That's so true. that's true. And then to control like a certain aspect of the battlefield too with the might. Yeah. Um yeah. that's true. So legend? Like the the impact he has on the game for twenty five points is huge. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You can't you can't really ignore him. What about the situations where your enemy has uh, a spell or a special rule that can neutralize him or kill him instantly? Then you're down twenty five points, thirty five as he's on a horse. He's not completely useless. You just deploy with your army, and he can kind of be, you know, like a resource drainer, right? So yeah. I think he's definitely less effective in those scenarios or those matchups, but I don't think it's completely useless. Maybe like he suddenly goes down to like half its cost value, but no, but but even like I like that y'all mentioned like the the scenarios domination. He's going to be contesting one one objective the whole game, and it's like okay, well you can like three to four models or Grima to contest that Grima guaranteeing that you contest it. I can see like why why he should then now be in legend because he does have all those different tools. Or like or like reconnoiter. That's a guaranteed yeah. model to get off the board. And you yeah. know how tournament tournament games are. Like it's a struggle sometimes to get one off the board. So mm-hmm. especially yeah, if the time is tight, like it's just getting across the board. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know where I'd put him in legend, but I, I feel I think I agree maybe he shouldn't be he should be at the bottom of legend, but I think he should probably be up there. Like I think maybe above Dalamir in my opinion. If you yeah. didn't need if you didn't need Saruman, then then yeah, a hundred percent he's uh, yeah. near the top legend if you could just take him alone. Yeah, I think because of the like the point stacks and stuff, I I I'd put him at the bottom of legend of whatever ends up in legend, but I think he still goes up there. All right, Rainier, tell us where you want him before or after Dalamir, your boy. I'll say after, just for the sole reason that, like, <laughs> Richard's like, no! <laughs> Only for the sole reason that you really need a lot of skill to get what we're talking about. Like, it does take a lot of tactfulness. Your opponent can deploy a warband away from an objective marker or away from a certain board and just continually commit one model to stop him and make him from doing something the whole game. So just for that reason, Dalmir's a guaranteed 18 warriors. Grima's, like... At the worst, not going to do anything in the game. But yeah, he still should be up there. All right. Another legend. So where on the legend? So I happens. say you go above Dal- Dalmir for sure. Yeah. Even potential. Nah, he's like on the same category as the Emperor, but not as. Because he's so cheap. Like He is very cheap. And he's, he's got not a as under-costed. Hero of legend. I mean, the only problem is when he's your leader. But you can ally that in with like Gothmog or Dalmir or um, any other hero of legend that's cheap. So it's kind of like the holes that he has of being weak in defense can be plugged really easily. I would be tempted to put Suladan above the Dragon Emperor. No. No. It- <laughs> No way in hell. Here's the only reason why I would not, though, is Soladan still can be soft and flash killed 
um, the Dragon Emperor can. So when it comes to players who are just beginning or just starting, worst comes to shove, they're not going to get as much, like a new player won't get as much out of the Dragon Emperor that an experienced player would. But hind and on the other side of the coin, worst out of a game with Soledan is he's just going to die. So it's like, for me, the Emperor is a little more forgiving with his high defense, more fate, and his uh, big bubble that beefs up the troops. That's the only reason. But Soledan should be, like, without a doubt. He'll probably, like, top three. It's close. It's close. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, the Haradrim King. I like this profile. If you're playing Pure Serpent Horde, it's he's pretty cheap. You know, fight five, you can give him a lance. And uh, he has a heroic march. I think I think it's a pretty good profile. You, also, if you're trying to spam out with like a betrayer build, you know that's 15 slots. So I think he's a solid fortitude. Yeah, I would put him either before or after. Uh, I would put him before the Black Numenorian, to be honest. But around that area for for that purpose, just because a fight five. Lance can kill stuff on a horse really well, and you got to think when you do take him in a pure list, you're going to be taking maybe one, two, three of him. And he has Heroic March as well, right? Yeah. So he plugs in a lot of holes for not too many points, and he's not going to be that threat where everyone's like, oh, let's focus all the bows and just kill him. Let's focus all the heroes and kill him. He'll have the room and the space in the list to go munching with Heroic Combats against troops with like Serpent Riders. So for that reason, I put him before uh, before the Dunland. Freedom. Yeah, yeah, before before her, just because you don't bring her really, and you would bring him uh, more often. But I'm a big fan. So Braza is the next profile. One of the newer heroes. I don't know. I think probably pretty low for me. I'd put him in the middle of Fortitude. I think he's perfectly fine. <laughs> And every everybody shits on him way too much. Well, I don't like this profile very much. I think the fight value buff thing is a little bit gimmicky. Like I've never actually had it done successfully to me or done it myself. And he's fight four. My thing is he so that fight value buff thing is nice. I almost never use it to target like big enemy heroes. You know, in, in most point value games where I have them, probably like higher points. You know, at least six hundred. So my opponent's going to have at least one smaller hero most of the time. So you pick them as the target. If you get into them, perfect. You now have the fight value advantage. And he's got three attacks, re-rolling to wound. He'll probably kill him. If your opponent has another small hero like that, and he ends up in combat with them, he can strike up and still probably kill them. If he's fighting troops, he can go one-on-one -on -one with the troop, and he can kill it, win the fight and kill it. It doesn't matter that he's fight four. And he's got three might, which... I think he's the only other model in the Serpent Horde besides Suladan who does. And in a lot of other like lists, like if you're taking him with Corsairs, he's one of the few models that has three might. So I think he should at least be in Fortitude. I like him in a pure uh, Harad build, a build that I would like to play that does not have the Betrayer. Because you have like him sprinkled in with, with some Kings and Suladan and just, just all these shenanigans. So I would put him in fortitude for that reason it's just in a pure list if you want to build a horde army where you have a lot of hitting power and you throw him in where the enemy just oh what do i focus on do i focus on all your troops or all these different heroes and he's just there and he can do some damage so for that reason i'd say fortitude as well all right the compromise is he's behind pete jackson then <laughs> very bottom he has to be at the very bottom okay, okay. Controversial pick here, Hasher, and some people swear by them. I don't know. I personally have not seen them do as minor. much. I would say minor. <laughs> I would even put him behind the Easterling Captain. I say this just because he has one might. So if you want to throw him against a hero, he can heroic defense and survive for one round and die the next round, or he can heroic strike and do a 50-50 survivor. If you gave him two might, uh, he'd be kind of fightable. I mean, Dalmir has two might, and and he's not like the combat most combaty guy. So one might for me, that's why I put him at a minor. So yeah, I mean I, I think I'd still maybe put him at the top of minor. Like he's still perfectly he's fight five, he's got three attacks, he can reroll the wounds, he can still do the damage and he can do like fighting perfectly fine. He's not he's not gonna fight heroes well. 
Yeah, I think he's fine there. I'm just thinking of more reasons why Raza is better than him, actually. <laughs> so I won't go into that. Barely. No, I, I agree with you in that aspect because, like, uh, the same thing in the East Coast, like, we always are like Raza. Not many people pick Raza, but nobody picks the the Sharon. And for that exact same reason, is Raza's about this. He's cheaper, I believe, and he gets two more might. There is a place for the Hasharan, but it's in a very specific build. Anyway, we can get into that some other time. <laughs> okay, we have the Haradrim Chieftain next. Minor, I would say, just because you have the king, who's just a tad bit more, and he adds way more than what the Chieftain could. So I don't really see people. I see them taking them, but I don't see why they would take them. Yeah. yeah. Besides the horde aspect. but It's a 10-point difference. It's... it's... 10 points, and the king gets an extra will, an extra courage, and an extra fight value. Okay. Yeah, I, I put him pretty low. Yeah. 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 Okay, we have the Beastmaster Chieftain. So the upgrade on a Mumak. What do we think of this? I mean, it's a pretty common upgrade for when people take a Mumak for the courage and for staying on the battle and also the extra might. So I, I do think he's pretty good, but the Mumak itself isn't super competitive uh so I, w- I would say probably like a like a fortitude you know he's pretty it's yeah. pretty good upgrade if you want to take the profile yeah you get an extra courage and that extra might will and fate over the other guy for 25 points and i think it's probably always worth it if you're going to take the mumac because you really want to avoid the tramples uh probably put it yeah in front of peter jackson i like that all of our reference to the whole show is just peter jackson where peter jackson is <laughs> Okay, we have the war leader next. Most expensive model on the list. <laughs> yeah. Probably pretty ranked similarly to the regular Mumak if you're gonna take like a Mumak centered list, so maybe right above the the, the special rules are a lot of them are in the Legion, right? Where you get the, the canceling heroic moves. Yeah. Canceling heroic moves in, is in the profile. Or it's the profile. It's a pretty good profile, yeah. You so you wanna move it up? Yeah, it's also a fight five uh, Mumax, so that I think that's a big difference. I think uh, the reason why it's not top competitive is it's dependent on your meta's terrain. I would put it near the top of Fortitude, because I think that if you're playing on open boards, he is a pretty deadly hero in, in higher points. He's Courage 6, too. That's really good. Yeah, if you put him in context with what he does, I, I see why he'd be high Fortitude, too. Yeah. He's pretty actually last... I filmed, like, yesterday with an unexpected tourney, and Devin was just saying that's one of the models he hates the most because he cancels so much out when you come against them. So I think in the right situation, he's really good. Yeah. Okay. The Haradrim Taskmaster. Minor? Minor, yeah. Uh, Yeah, the whips just don't do as much as, as they used to. It's not guaranteed. Like, Soledan's Banner is a guaranteed role to fight. Other models are a guaranteed three might or a guaranteed fight five. His whatever you give, it's not really guaranteed. And you have so many cheap heroes in the list that you already have a lot of might. So, yeah. All right. Here's uh, Rainier's expertise. Is this the, the king? Kondish king. I'll probably be controversial, but I would actually put him only in fortitude. Oh. A high fortitude? Well, actually, no, then I see the models on the board. I'd put him before, no, I'd probably put him in Thryden, maybe before Thryden, actually. But he's not, he's great, but he's actually quite expensive, to be honest. And I don't see why you would take more than one in a list, especially when most of the list is 13 points. So, yeah, I'd rank him above Thryden, but behind the list. Uh, Let's put him above both of the Dunlin boys, but that's just my opinion. It's yeah. hard to rank. It yeah. is hard to rank because you can ally him in and he does. Then yeah. if you ally him in, he's more towards Amder. So, guys, disregard everything I just said. Well, it depends on, on like, if you're bringing a bunch of con stuff with him, so you're using the banner effect, then you're getting more, like, value out of his points. If you're not doing that, then, you know, maybe a Chieftain would be better if you're just going to one-drop something in because they're both still fight five. I mean, I guess he's got the extra attack, though, which is, yeah, that's pretty good. I would say in front of Gorolf, behind the Eastling heroes. That's my opinion. 
I think that's a good compromise. I, I think it just brings something unique to the list as an ally. Whereas, like, compared to Gorolf and Thryden. And the Eastern League heroes are just too good, you know? So. <laughs> okay. Uh, we have the Connor's Chieftain next. Okay. I would actually put him above the king. Really? I, I listened to your uh, unexpected podcast, you know, Top Models. That was quite controversial. Uh, because I <laughs> yeah, would say I wish I was actually on the episode. I had to cancel last minute because something was happening. But my reason is 85 points for a fight five model on a chariot that heroic can heroic combat and heroic march is really good. And when you bring them in with conjunction with a uh, green ally with Easterlings, they really add that punch that you're missing. So in the context of Khan and Easterlings, I just find myself really enjoying them. You, I can throw them into a Rohan hero that's 130 points and tie them up. They'll die eventually, but I tie up a hero for like three-ish turns to four-ish turns, and that's like enough for me. I totally understand if you guys disagree with me or even put them like low into fortitude. But for me, I've just had a lot of success with them, and I really like two or three in a list, to be honest. Uh, I don't know. The king just seems like so much better value. And then with yeah. the banner effect. Yeah, you guys, ah, this is where the Canadians come out, guys. You guys are like, he's horrible. <laughs> he's completely wrong, but we got to show a little bit of politeness to him. No, but I guess you're the one who actually has success with them. Yeah, yeah but I, I do agree. Like, if you were just looking at value-wise... I, I would say, okay, they could be similar, but maybe, like, right next to each other with the king edging it out for me. Yeah, and I say this in a sense because, like, we – I think we all agree the charioteers are not good to take because yeah. they can be moved. There's no might or anything. In a sense, for me, he works like a charioteer to where 85 points. It's a bit of a point sink, but, like, if you go up against a D4, he'll take out maybe – eight to 12 guys a game and i've i've played him often and he like stops a glorfindel for like four turns because when you try to kill him you have to get through the platform or he'll stop he'll dehorse like a hero or something and something that you can sacrifice for me the king with my play style i like sacrificing like a a bishop for a rook if that makes sense or like a rook for a queen the king being so expensive, it's always like sacrificing a queen for a queen, but the chieftain is like sacrificing a bishop for a queen, if that makes sense. I think if he's going to go into Valor, he goes behind Thryden. <laughs> That's kind of where I'd, I'd float him. I thought you were swayed by Rainier, but instead... <laughs> you know, you I don't see what you're talking I, about. I, 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 can know, agree. I can agree that the chieftain's underrated. Yeah. But I, to, to me, I think the king's a better profile. Um, oh, way better profile for sure, especially the six-inch banner for the Condish Cavalry Charge or Chariot Charge. Yeah. But I don't know, guys. I'm going to try to bring them with the Dragon Emperor and try to change everyone's mind. Okay. Can't wait to see it. <laughs> I mean, it de- yeah, it depends on your build, right? Like, if you're going to do it in Easterlings, you bring two Condish Chieftains instead of one King. That makes a difference. Yeah, and it is, it is the thing kind of where, like, you need support with him he kind of plays like a huron where huron himself isn't going to kill everything but if you bring huron with boromir no one's going to be paying attention to huron and huron can do a lot and he plays in the same kind of situation you bring him with a king and he can do shenanigans you bring him with emperor or amder and he can do shenanigans so that's it i guess the context of why you think he's good but i can i can see if you guys want to put him behind thryden I'm okay with a compromise like this. I, I think the fact that, like, an unnamed Captain King level thing is getting up to this level is pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Next, we have the Mahood King. Well, um, these boys are nasty. These boys I'm, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan. Uh, I mean, we, we did an episode on favorite unnamed heroes, and this was my pick. You know, such good value. You can take multiple of them because they're so cheap. And they're really hard to stop for, sometimes for heroes, even twice their points. Yeah, Soladan and two or three of them, like, Lord have mercy. They're like mini Boromirs who can kill stuff in the phase. Where would you guys, out of curiosity, put them? Legend for me. Yeah, maybe. 
Ooh. It's hard because I would put them for sure above Amdur. But if Green was in Legend, I don't. 80 points, right? 80 points or 85 points? That yeah. 90 points when you kit them up. 90 points when you kit them up with a lance, a camel. And the shield, a, yeah. And shield. That's nasty at uh, strength five, fight five. Two might just strike up or heroic combat, which I think is good. It's, They're one of the only models that it's like you throw them against a dwarf battle line and the dwarf battle line starts to shiver because like they're yeah. just gonna like, knock past them and destroy them. Can easily heroic combat through D seven models. Mm-hmm. All right. The tribe master. Eh. Below Raza. Yeah, this one's not really needed because if you want the march, you would just ally and solid in. And you're not saving that many points. I would just take another king if you're going pure. I'd honestly put him down where like the Harad Chief did it. Like, I just don't see a point. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I see him just with the pure. You you people kind of need march. Yeah. But even but, if I had him pure, I would choose the king over him and go I, no march. Yeah, I don't think the king is. Yeah, you don't need the march. You're gonna have ten camels running around anyway. You have enough movement. You don't. You don't really need the march. Yeah. I, so I I'd honestly put him like, I fuck it. We need something independent. Drop him down. No, 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 no. We're <laughs> getting to that. We're getting to that, Ian. Hold your horses. I'm getting there. No, no. You gotta have an independent tier and then a ruffian tier below that. Cause like, <laughs> come on. I like how for the ruffians we'll just be like independent, 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 <laughs> independent, uh, independent. <laughs> Okay, so we're gonna no, put, I, I put him down there. Um, I think because he's the only march, I'd put him in front of the chieftain and uh, golden king. Below but the just, taskmaster. Yeah. Yeah, below the taskmaster. Well, I, th- I mean, the taskmaster still does something different. Yeah. That's true. You kind of like don't need either of them, but like some people would argue more so that you need the march, which I totally, I, I, I don't agree with. Mm-hmm. Just for that reason, yeah. slightly above the taskmaster. I mean, yeah. the taskmaster can march too, and yeah, he's only got one might, but you know, he could still whip himself. <laughs> Ooh, cool. semantics really—they're but they're not like yeah. Yeah, I I just like that. Like in my image, I'm like, oh my gosh, how how terrifying the camel charges! But then I'm like trying to picture it in real life, and all I see are these like ugly National Geographic camels, like. And like everyone, like ah, fire, they're gonna kill me. <laughs> yeah. Okay, the, the first ruffian hero we have is uh, Sid Briarthorn. He's the he's the chief of the ruffians, and yeah, I mean he he's the one with the banner effect and and two might. And uh, Hobbit hair. That's not uh, bad. Is he is he oh. six inch banner just for ruffians? Three inch banner. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> I I don't know. Maybe bottom of minor. Like I don't. I feel like he, in, in a ruffian list, that that's one. Like you'd you'd still want to get get in no, there. No, in, like in a ruffian. In a ruffian. He's like this. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Here. <laughs> he's like the first one you take after Sharky. I think bottom of minor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Next we have Rowan Rowan Thistlewood, the ruffian enforcer. He's also 45 points, but he's only got one might, one will, one fate. His special rule is he can burn down a terrain piece. So does that just remove a terrain piece from the board? No, he sets models ablaze within the terrain piece on a 4+. Plus. And he can attempt once a game on a 3+. Plus. I mean, it's interesting against hobbits, but I think if you go up against any other army, they're just going to shoot him and kill him with one fate or heroic yeah. combat and kill him. So for the 45 points... That's not a lot, but in the context of one might, one fill, one one fate, I definitely keep it independent. I, uh, once a game ability that only happens two thirds of the time. I, I don't know, but, and it's not even that great. No one's gonna know what this guy can do. <laughs> I I didn't know what he did. I didn't remember what he did until you told me like right now. Like under the assumption that people know the rules, then he's complete garbage. <laughs> yeah, but like. I don't know. And then do you even keep track of him in the horde of ruffians? Like I could easily see like in like a five game tournament, like you definitely like just burning a bunch of archers randomly, like at least once or twice. Meme tier. I'd put him there. Cause you could definitely like you could troll somebody so hard with this, right? Like with such a weird special rule. <laughs> and the next ruffian hero we have is Bill Fernie. So this guy is the one, he's 40 points, and he's the one that 
can do like a minus one penalty to uh, reinforcements. So like in Maelstrom, for example, basically one one warband on an enemy's army suffers a minus one. That's kind of cool, actually. Do you pick it before or after they roll? At the start of the game. Oh, so you just have to nominate a warband. Yeah. Okay, yeah, now he's independent. (laughs) (laughs) If you roll a five or a six, it doesn't matter. If you roll a two, you're helping them. Yeah, he is the worst. That's true. Like, oh, dang, I got a two, and you're like, actually, you got a one, and they're like, thank you. Yeah, so, like, yeah, no. Trash. Okay. I'll put him it's below cool, the fire boy. Not that good. There you go, Leaf. He sounded cool. When the new book came out, Quest of Ring Bear, we were like, yeah, this has potential, but I haven't seen it. What is, I forget what he does. Isn't Doesn't he just shut down darkness? No, he just, yeah, he, he basically has a 12-inch illumination of an area, but not blinding light. Just It just basically you can see that's bad and like you, you get you can't turn him. it off you can't turn it off he's got this <laughs> lamp and like turn it off turn it off he's like i can't i just can't it's, like, it's brighter than the sun <laughs> and and he has the ability to potentially force one model to he's stop like, moving how does that one work again he spend a will point and then uh, one enemy infantry model within six rolls a d6 on a three plus he cannot move that's actually pretty nasty. And he has three will. I guess it's kind of like a transfix. So. I mean, that should do pretty well. I, I'd put above the other two. 40 points. Does he go above the other ruffian hero in minor? Yeah, I'd say mi- minor. Or in de- yeah, minor. Minor? Minor, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Worm. Worm. I put him at the bottom of, of everything in this list. <laughs> I don't think so. I think he's might be better than the other ruffians because potential three attacks, fight four. Wait, how does that trigger? If no other enemy models can see you other than the ones you're in combat with, he becomes three attack, fight four. Yeah, but he's also a liability. Because if, isn't it if Saruman gets wounded, he turns around and tries to kill him? Yeah, that's true too. So most of the time you just send him off in front of your battle line to eat an arrow and... and yeah, you know, he, get rid of that. Like, if I were to play Ruffians, I wouldn't know, but it's yeah, I don't know. Totally like, independent. Totally independent. Sure. Okay. In between the Ruffian boys. Oh wow. I mean, like I'm just thinking the only time that three attack thing is ever gonna trigger is like if it's an objective, like a domination, and you just run him to this lone objective away in the corner and somebody else tries to charge him. He's like, ha! <laughs> like that's the only time it's gonna be useful. Okay, fine. I don't know. I don't think he's terrible profile. Like potential three attacks. Above, above Bill Fernie, I think. Bill Fernie's just so, so bad. But anyway, this has been our tier list of all the evil men heroes. Let us know what you think of our tier list. Feel free to leave your comments down below. And thank you, Rainier, for joining us in this fun tier list. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Looking forward to seeing how the community grows in Canada especially on the West Coast. And hopefully one day I'll be on that side of the world to play a game with you guys or see you guys at Nova sometime. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Thanks to all our viewers for watching. Look forward to the next episode of Into the West.